lasagna. The books are in. Yep. Dang. Here. KofiPaisaTV.com and get Spears of the Mossy Volume 1 by Kofi Paisai Research Team from Spears the Pen Volume 2 by Kofi Paisai Research Team Spiritual Combat Volume 3 by Kofi Paisai Research Team One Night Before Bed by Any Harek Shun Kalfani Kalawash Trip to the Motherland by Kofi Paisai from cocaine to consciousness by any heret Sean Cal funny as I learned we all learn by Kofi Paisai. Also, if you want fresh merch, go to our online store, Family Connect Apparel, and get all the brands. Also, get our 54 deck of quiz and educational course available now on KofiPaisaTV.com. ETM Hotel, Rennie Sean. Welcome in peace. My name is Sean. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to Kofi Paisai Research Team. We are live. Uh, please like the show, share the show, tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, I am. See, we got Brother Sutek in the building. Uh, we are live on Kofi's uh, page. We are live on our like page. And YouTube, please like the show, share the show. For anyone that'll catch the actual replay, um, you know, hopefully this information you find uh, useful and it'll help you advance. Before we get started, um, I do want to read the copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act in 1976. Allowances made for fair use. For purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research, fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. I want to go ahead and get that knocked out and out of the way. It's also in the description because we are going to review uh, several different things regarding race as a social construct. Uh, so again, peace to everybody in the chat right now, Sister Nunu. Uh, I see you from West Africa in the building, Keenan. Uh, I see you, O, Arande. Uh, peace, Sister Tremis. Peace to you. Uh, if you're you know, on Kofi's page or if you're on the like page, I can't see you commenting at this present moment. So uh, if, you, you know, if you are in and you know, like that show, share that show. And let's see if we can get the numbers up. Because we're about to have a very interesting conversation. Before we get into our build, I do want to say uh, the link to the descriptions for the books and the quiz and uh, educational cards are in the description of this particular video, along with a gang of actual sources. Uh, what up, Trick Deal? Peace to you, bro. 
Um, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Sutek real quick uh, and see if he got something that he want to, you know, get into before we get started. Nah, nah, nah. Peace to the chat, man. Uh, make sure you like and share the show as you come in, man. Help us get in these YouTube algorithms and get a little more, uh, a little more support, a little more, uh, a little more notoriety on as far as the algorithms go. Like we, we, we ain't here for everybody. You know what I'm saying? We, this, this thing that we do is not for everyone, but, uh, we appreciate our loyal supporters and our loyal followers, but, uh, just make sure you like and share the show for us, please. Yes, sir. So I hope everybody is having an amazing evening. Um, I'm trying to see if I can run amok on trying to post this. Said, well, why they giving me the share option <laughs> before they ban me? But I hope everybody having a good evening. I know you could be anywhere, but you're here with us this evening. And I promise you, I am not going to let you down. We are about to stand on the shoulders of our ancestor. And we're going to back him up with some uh, updated information, some updated scholarship. And we are going to rise to the occasion in this conversation regarding race as a social construct and an, an attempt what I say on there, y'all see what it's saying in the video? An attempt to overthrow blackology. I hope y'all understand where I'm going with that because you know I hate the word. I really ain't a fan of the word at all. But this is one of the areas of concern. And every time I try to fight uh, for the agency of black people um they take it too far and then you know what i'm saying like i'm all right okay enough i've had enough um i you know we we doing way too much we're being very unscientific in this discussion um and we are allowing other ethnicities to advance while we stay stuck that was not None of our elders goals. So I need everybody to kind of get their mirrors out and look at themselves. Uh, because that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at ourselves. Uh, but we need to gain we need to gain some some some. Um, I'm going to show a little method in here. You know what I mean? But we need to gain some type of understanding of what's going on and we need to apply it. And uh, into our discussions, we need to understand where we at in these discussions, uh, and how do we get how do we get involved? Well, not, not, we're not we won't address how we get involved, but the reason that we're having this conversation tonight is because we need to uh, desensitize ignorance, and we need to uh, continue to promote the forwardness of our evolution as a people. Right. Um, you, you remember that I'm black and I'm proud era. Right. It was feel good. Right. 
So let's let's be black and proud in our in our learning and our ability to discern and uh, do things the correct way because we can't stay stuck in the early 1900s regarding race. We have to move forward, but still hold our agency in line uh, when we need to. But we don't have to overdo it. We don't have to blacken it out. We don't have to be hyper diffusing this. We don't have to think that we did everything first. First ain't always best. We ain't got to do all of that. We stick to the evidence. We advance our people. We utilize our tools and we move forward. That we create agency. All right. So uh, now that we got that out of the way. I hope everybody sharing the show for me. Cause you know, I really can't do too much. I just tried. I think I'm gonna get blocked in a minute. But let's have some fun. So I hope everybody's having a good evening again. I do see we got uh some people liking it on Facebook. Um uh, I see somebody's on Kofi's page. We got three people on the research page, and, and then we have our viewers inside of the chat. Uh, let's get our people in here. Peace, Dave. I see you in here, Zane. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I see everybody here. Let's build. All right. So what we're going to do first is we're going to try to properly define race. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to go to an actual article that I put uh, in the chat. So it's race as a social construct. But before we do that, I want to properly define race. All right. And we're going to do ethnicity. And let's go to live science. It's a much recent article. And let's let's try to see if it defines it in this article. I really don't want to do it this way. You know what? Because it's an article. And it's going to go. I knew it was going to do that. It wasn't going to give me what I needed. All right. So. Let's look for definition of race. We can do this. We can use wiki. All right, race and ethnicity in the United States census. Nope, don't want to use that. So let's do it like this. Let's do it one by one. Let's do race. And here we go. That's what we're going to use. So race. The idea that human species is divided into distinct groups of the basis of inherited physical and behavioral differences. Uh, race, Wikipedia, is a group of the humans based on shared physical or social qualities in the categories generally viewed as distinct by society. The term was first used to refer to speakers of a common language and to denote national affiliations by the 17th century. The term began to refer to physical phenotypical traits. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, that gives us a couple. Let's see if we can go for one more uh, definition. Just want to find one more. So we got three. Uh, race and anthropology, all right, okay. 
Disrespectful. I don't want to use this garbage. Alright, this is a nice little overview right here. Um, Oxford bibliographies. It's a lot. I mean, we just want to define it, but let's give it a little a little bit of uh context. It says uh the study of race is defined anthropology since its formulations as an academic discipline in the 19th century. The early history of academic anthropology and the wider human sciences is pervaded by efforts to draw a casual link between race and behavior, psychology, culture, or social organization. Skip the middle part of that and again go to... In turn, debates continue over the salience of race as an object of anthropolitical inquiry and analysis. So we'll stop right there. I didn't want to get into all of that. All right, so we got some definitions and working terms. So let's deal with this actual article right here on race as a social construct. Uh, the introduction to this, because I'm not going to read the abstract, is uh, and this will be good for y'all too. Uh, research on the individual group differences in intelligence, particularly on sex and race differences, frequently generates controversy and harsh crit uh, critique of researchers who document them. Rushton and Jensen in 2005 comprehensive review of 30 years of research on race differences and cognitive ability is no exception. It was accused, among many other things, of being pseudoscience. I'm going to run that back. Rushton and Jensen's 2005 comprehensive review on 30 years of research on race differences and cognitive ability is no exception. It was accused among many other things, of being pseudoscience because race is an arbitrary social construct. There are countless historical and also more recent examples of race critique. Fortunately, these authors have already provided insightful responses to controversies, so this introduction can be limited to adding only a few more significant examples. United Nations Declaration uh, thus ban biological race research and otherwise fully understandable reaction to unacceptable Nazi misuse around the Second World War. Ashley Montagu published a uh, popular book arguing that the folk of ordinary concept of race is just a social notion with no biological or genetic basis. Mont uh, Montagu uh, was a student of determined race critics France Boas at Columbia University and was also influenced by Ruth Benedict. Both commented on early versions of Montego's book and Montego's co-authored the first version of the UNESCO publication. Another uh, line of race research critique is based on the fear that demonstration of individual and group differences in IQ will challenge uh, ideals of equality and solidarity. This concern is regularly articulated by progressive left-oriented uh, left academics who feel urged to condemn non-social group differences uh, research. All right. Now, a further obstruction to differential behavior research in the widespread of misrepresentation of facts or individual and group differences in intelligence, both in science, in the popular literature and the media. So widespread and detrimental is the source of distortion that it recently got its own name the Gould effect. Now, the effect is based on Stephen J. Gould's still widely held assumption that research on intelligence 
difference is deeply corrupted by its inherited racist, sexist, and elitist motivation. No intellectual person, perhaps aside by Richard Lewington, has been more successful than Gould in demonizing differential uh, philosophical and behavior genetic studies of intelligence through dishonest uh, misrepresentation of data and theory. Let me zoom in a little bit. My bad. That should be better on y'all. Sorry. All right, I'm right here. The late Robert Perry was the first to use the term uh, controversialism to summarize adverse strategies used against IQ, sex, and race difference researchers. I'm checking you. All right, so you should be able to see it. Again, y'all like the show, share the show. Let's get some people in here for it, get interested. Controversialization takes place when opponents for political, ethical, or other uh, reasons make a view questionable to themselves more controversial than it really is. And when these opponents include appeals to some uh, purported social harm, such a view will imply fact. It's often conflated with value in controversialization process. I'm going to stop right here because we're going into a nice article right here. Segway, National Geographic's April, uh, April 2018 race issue. Remember, the Amara Squad talked about this. We put the magazine up all over the place. I got the actual magazine somewhere in uh, my garage in the Tupperware that I need to get out. Uh, we told people to get it. However, it looked like this. Right? That is black dude on there. There was another one with the uh, some sisters, one black, one white. Mm-hmm. Um, and people went crazy about it. So it says here, published, uh, and this is pretty much up-to-dated, actually. But anyway, um, I'm going to go here and I'm going to go back. So race and ethnicity are two co uh, concepts related to human ancestry. Race is defined as a category of humankind that shares certain distinct physical traits. The term ethnicity, ethnicities is more broadly defined as large groups of people classed according to common racial, national, tribal, religious, linguistic, or cultural origin or background. Race is usually associated with biology and linked with physical characteristics such as skin color or hair texture. Ethnicity is linked with cultural expression and identification. However, both are social constructs used to categorize and characterize seemingly distinct populations. Genetics and race. Neither race nor ethnicity is detachable in the human genome. Humans do have genetic variations, some of which were once associated with ancestry from different parts of the world. But those variations cannot be tracked to distinct biological categories. Genetic tests cannot be used to verify or determine race or ethnicity, though the tests themselves are associated with an increased belief in racial differences. Though race has no genetic basis, the social concept of race still shapes human experience. Now, racial bias fuels social uh, exclusion, discrimination, violence against people from certain social groups. In turn, racial prejudice confers social uh, privilege to some and social and physical disparities to others. And is widely expressed in hierarchies that privilege people with white skin over people with darker skin. Now, 
National Geographic's 2018 article, Race Issues, serves as an illustrated example of global scale controversialization of race research. In its distribution to 6.5 million readers, National Geographic not only questions the existence of race differences, but accuses all who find them anyway of being racist who harm minorities and uh, pervert public politics. The study examines the scientific uh, veracity of the uh, National Geographic claims by applying OCAM's razor in a step-by-step -step analysis of National Ge Geographic's position in terms of verbatim pro et contra uh, dissection of statements such as there's no scientific basis for race. It's made up label. Races, uh, races do not exist because we are equals. The concept of race is not grounded in genetics, etc. We also examined the validity of National Geographic's accusations of purported social harm through claims that race has been used by racists to define and separate people for millennia, to the effect that to a disturbing ex uh, extent, race still determines people's perceptions, their opportunities, and their experiences. To the victims of racism, it's small consolation to say that the category has no scientific basis. We finally consider the implications of National Geographic characterization in a scientist who report that he or she or prior should uh, have known are non-existent race differences as racist who. One, is blinded by the illusion that race as such determines vital human trait differences. Two, who uncritically infers racial superiority and three, who caused inexcusable social harm throughout centuries to individual minorities and societies. Now the scientific merits of National Geographic's many indictments of named racist research is analyzed within the framework of five short pro et contra uh, syllogisms, each dealing with central, if partly overlapping aspect of National Geographic's general and specific critique the uh, societal implications of existing race differences are finally discussed. We want to stop here. We're going to go back here. Uh, la, 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 la. So y'all remember them, right? Hmm? Trust ADT, chosen by your friends, family, and neighbors. There's a lot of things I want to protect. Come on, yo. My name is Marcia and I'm 11 years old. My name is Minnie and I'm 11 years old. When they see us together, they don't believe that we're twins. They don't believe us like they're like, oh really, I never noticed that. Like I thought you just friends because we're a different colour. Racism is where somebody judges you by your colour and not like by your actual self. I think racism is a um, negative thing because sometimes it can hurt people's feelings. Just because you're different colour doesn't mean that you have to choose where you are to be like someone else. If the world has to say anything about us, then if it's going to be a rude comment, then don't bother say it. I would say just don't listen to them. Just ignore them, pretend they're not there. But if it's going to be a nice comment, then go ahead. I'll tell them to not, like, like, those people say don't judge a book by its cover, don't judge other people by their looks because there could be something totally different on the inside. If you're happy with the way you look, then you should stay the way you look. Just be yourself. Alright, so y'all remember when uh, I think Ujawa posted this, right? 
we posted this before. We came out with the magazines. He didn't tell people what it was or anything like that. He tried to play everybody that didn't know anything about it, right? But these are two are sisters. And you saw in the video, I'm trying to get back to it, where the father, the mother, and they were out right here, right? So Amanda and Michael, the parents of these two kids, right? She had these babies, yo. One came out white, one came out black. And they are the parents. Nah, ain't no vaccine. What y'all talking about? But they are they are the actual parents. A different color doesn't mean that you have to change. They are the parents. So all y'all can try to figure that out. Now let me get back to uh let me get back to where I'm at before I uh open it up. Now Syllogistic analysis. First, uh, syllogism is Samuel Morton's reprehensible model racist with the fixed definition of race. Let's see what he says. Uh, Samuel Morton is the father of scientific racism. All right. I need to know that. Samuel Morton is the father of scientific racism. Pull him up. Here your boy go. Here you go. The father of scientific racism, right here. Was an American physician, natural scientist, and writer who argued the single creation story of the Bible, monogism, uh, monogamism, instead supporting a theory of multiple race creations, polydism. Now, here we go. He said he was a prolific writer of books, various blah, 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 blah. We can stop. He also deals with, yeah, that craniology. Here he goes. Allegations of bias and data collection and interpretation. This is our guy right here. Okay. So we know that the father scientific racism has the correct understanding of race does he more thinks that race represents separate acts of creation morton thinks races are ranked in divine hierarchy morton did not think that races were closely related morton thinks that races have distinct characters which are immutable or fixed across generations uh, where there's no transmutation, a.k.a. evolution, are homogeneous or fixed in, in these senses of fixation across individuals within races. So Samuel George Morton couldn't explain this. The parents of these two. This knocks his theory out of the game. Ergo, Morton is wrong about three, six, uh, three through six, these last four, and thus represent the opposite of reality. 
we can uh, we can then say given one and two and three and six that races doesn't exist so minor premise he wasn't choosy about his suppliers a particular large-headed Dutchman helped inflate Morton's estimate of Caucasian capacities Morton's cranial uh, uh, what is that craniometry <laughs> showed he claimed that whites or Caucasians were the most intelligent of the races then East Asians, South Asians, Native Americans, and at the bottom blacks. What science actually has to tell us about race is just the opposite of what Morton contended. So many of the horrors of the past few centuries can be traced to the idea that one race is inferior to another. Conclusion, Morton was wrong and we still live with Morton's legacy. Racial distinctions continue to shape our politics, our neighborhoods, and our sense of self all right before i play this video i know we got brother unk in the building uh what's good brother unk? what's up man good yo cooling bro cooling just getting into the little getting into the lecture bro just getting into it so okay so you showed what they call the father racism was right <laughs> Correct. And it was some key components that, you know what I'm saying, that he came up with. So, you know, during that time, they had all, all different types of answers for what race was. And they thought some people said it was 30 different races, 25 different races, 10 races, four races, three races, right? But mm -hmm. it was one man, right, that said it was just one race. So if that man overturns all the stuff we talked about, overturns the fall with racism right then 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 how important is that man for fighting against racism it, it wouldn't matter what color he was so you know we just got um and i don't want to dirty to show up but it's it, it's a real reality that we got people that claim to understand scientific information but they always run their mouth and don't and they get mad when you mention uh, a person's name because they white and because they did something because they were successful at something i'm saying we don't we don't have to be that way um just 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 on god the way we've been doing what we've been doing for the last 350,000 years we don't got to play the game that way like we can give people their credit no matter what color they is you know what i'm saying so you know if 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 i'm talking about darwin it's for a reason because he played a pivotal role okay and overturning racism so i mean if that don't mean that on nine o'clock when he came back from his travel around the world right that all of a sudden white people wasn't racist no more like for anybody to think that is ridiculous you know what i'm saying and, and that ain't even make that that don't even that don't make no sense at all okay so that's just you know people just wanting to be what they want to be you feel me they just they, they just want to be naysayers when it come to that, like it don't make sense. When you say he overturned racism, meaning he laid the foundation where later on down the line, you you, you could play it in courts, right? The court system. Uh, um, Martin Luther King could stand up and say, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we just like everybody else, meaning we're all human. They could stand on that and say it. Now that doesn't mean that it wasn't black doctors or black scientists, right? They did not agree with Charles Darwin, but they didn't come up with the damn theory. So, you know, you, you get people like Raw Born and Truth 
they'll toot that damn horn on that bullshit right there, right? And say, you overstating Charles. How the hell am I overstating Charles Darwin? Man, the white boy did what he did. Like, if you go to the hospital, right, you're benefiting off of Charles Charles Darwin's theory. You know what I'm saying? When, when you start looking at, uh, uh, at other variants, okay, uh, with the virus, you're looking at Charles Darwin's theory. So, like, for me, scientists, period, man, are scientists, okay? And this is one place where you can just respect the work of that person no matter what color it was. So, like, if I say the lead scientist on the Moderna vaccine, right, the mRNA vaccine is a black woman, I'm not understating her, nor am I overstating her. You know, look at how great is this woman? Who's the lead scientist? So, I mean, we give it and we take it. So, you know, for us to stand around, and I see the title of the show, Black Allergy is denying what other people do because of the color of their skin. That's black allergy. And by the way, the color of somebody's skin and judging somebody on the color of their skin is not only black allergy, but it's the foundation of racism, white supremacy. Remember, you got the big lips and the curly hair. Dark skin, that's that's racism, white supremacy. And so we've actually, we we put that in our teachings. And that National Graphic uh, Magazine, I did a whole show on that. I think it was about, about two, three years ago, Sean? Yeah, 2018. I did a show on that. And what I showed was, and, and when I'm talking to the brothers that think they're Native Americans, man, like everybody history is all mixed and matched, right, when it comes to the genes. And they got this class. With, no, it's this test they do. They go go to different parts of the world, right? They get the students to come in, and they allow everybody to tell their story, where they came from, right? And then they go take a damn DNA test and come back. And everybody be wrong as hell. That's <laughs> amazing. I'm going to say it again. They let everybody say their family history and where they came from, and people be confident where they came from, right? And then they get walk out, and they take the DNA test. All right, and, and they give them their results, and people be looking crazy as hell. So, man, the racism is judging somebody based off the color of your skin. The racism is saying that all black people are dark skin. That's racism. The racism is we all got big lips. That's not the truth. To be African, yo, we, we have variety. Okay, remember, we got the most diverse gene pool. So, yeah, man, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, you always got some interesting things going on. Shout out, right, to the Masi, Masi clan warriors. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Who else on here? Is that Shootet? I can't even see. That's Shootet. What's up, Shootet? What's good, bro? What up? What up? Peace up. Yeah, man. What's good with you? Shit, man. Chilling, kicking back, seeing what uh, Sean about to get into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so the, next I, uh, the next thing I want to go to go to before I back up the uh, ancestor is I want to go to anthropology appreciating human diversity page 338 uh, it said they bring up race and ethnicity I'm in an anthropolitical book it says race like ethnicity in general is a cultural category rather than a biological reality this is ethnic groups, including races derived from contrast, perceived and uh, perpetrated, perpetuated uh, in particular societies rather than from scientific classifications based on common genes. This is not on the screen, it's out of my book. 
Uh, it is not possible to define hum uh, human races biologically. Only cultural constructions of race are possible. I, I try to say that slowly so you can understand it. Only cultural constructions of race are possible even though the average person conceptualizes race in biological terms. The belief that human races exist and are important is much more common among the public than it is among scientists. Most Americans, for example, believe that their population includes biologically based races to which various labels have been applied. These labels include white, black, yellow, red, Caucasoid, Negroid, Mongoloid, Amerindian, uh, Euro-American, African-American, Asian-American, and Native American. And I'm going to stop right there because I want to get into something that we all need to pay close attention to. And some of you may have never bear witness to this conversation before. Good evening. This week and next, we will present a black paper on white racism. Frequently, the definition and effects of racism are greatly misunderstood. Certainly, the impact on blacks can only be described by us. An operational definition of individual racism is subordination of a person or group because of race. But we will focus on the institutional practice of racism. When a group is subordinated by factors indirectly related to race. An example would be a union with all white members. You can only get in the union if a member sponsors you and automatically whites select one another. So this pattern of selection automatically keeps blacks out. The union is white in the first place because its membership reflects the leftover patterns of slavery. Therefore, racist behavior is both intentional and unintentional. Our institutions mostly involve unsuspecting individuals who are part of a racist pattern. All definitions of black people's standards and values have been defined by whites in a society basically European. As simple as it may seem, we have never made any definition of our condition, beauty standards, social etiquette, even our names have been given us by white culture. To make an authoritative statement of our concept of Christianity, history, education, values and culture, war, colonialism and imperialism, and psychological development, and how these institutions operate in a white racist society, six black scholars and philosophers have been invited to present positions and analyses of these topics. With me tonight are John Henrik Clark, an associate professor of African and Afro-American history at Hunter College in New York. Mr. Clark is also author of 11 books, including Harlem, USA. Preston Wilcox, head of the education workshop of the Congress of African People, is president of Afram Associates, a black educational consultant firm, and is an outstanding author. Reverend Albert Clay is pastor of the Shrine of the Black Madonna in Detroit, Michigan, and an advocate of black Christian nationalism. He is author of a soon-to-be-published book, Black Christian Nationalism, New Directions for the Black Church. Brother Clark. I'd like to begin by establishing some kind of a frame of reference, exactly what are we talking about? And I think in order to do this, I'm gonna to try to dismiss the subject, then come back to it and deal with it. There is no such thing as a race. 
nature created no races. Man created races, racial classifications, and he had his own reason for doing it. Now, who benefited from this artificial creation at first? Who benefits from it now? Now, let's look at the historical roots of this whole thing, and you're not going to understand it until you understand the implications, the far-reaching effects of the opening up of the so-called New World, Christopher Columbus and other thugs coming, suppressing the, um, the Indians, and finding a justification for this kind of thing. Let's look at Europe in the 15th and the 16th century, because racism has its roots in that second rise of Europe in the 15th and the 16th century. They had to justify what they were going to do to most of mankind. They were about to take over the whole world. Now, there's a myth about an argument about whether the world was round or flat. That's an old wise tale. The European had gained enough knowledge and had enough guns, and he had been hungry enough within the body of Europe until he decided that he was going to go out and take the world, be it round or flat. Now, in order to understand the religious basis of racism, we have to go back to a papal bull that the Pope issued in 1455 in an argument between Portugal and Spain. He turned to them impatiently and said, you are both authorized to reduce to servitude all infidel people. And it just so happens that most of the so-called infidels were non-European people, non-white um, people. Europe not only had its basis for racism, it had its basis for the slave trade, and this same basis would be good in the colonial system that followed. Racism was created to justify the slave trade, to justify the colonial system and to justify the utter ruthlessness that had to go into the making of modern capitalism. Brother Wilcox. All right. So let's deal with that. Huh? huh? Let's deal with Dr. Clark. So what? It, what? Did you hear what that man say, yo? Yeah. That man say nature don't make no damn race. <laughs> so John Henry Clark was reading the work, right? The science, right? Mm -hmm. It's to make that statement, he had to be aware of the so, understanding that, that there's no such thing as race. So wait a minute, bro. Like this is what I don't get. I don't understand why we get so much flack, right? When we stand on the shoulders, I, I, okay, let me just speak for my damn self. I don't know who picking what or how everybody want to pick. Man, it's the reason why I stand on the shoulders of John Henry Clark. I call him one of the four horsemen. Dr. Ben, John Jackson, Hubert Harris. These niggas was non-believers, yo. Like, it's not act like they was. Non-believers. You know what I'm saying? And they studied evolution. It's clear. So... All the rest of them weirdos, Phil Valentine and all them niggas, they weirdos to me. Shamaz, all of them, they weirdos. All right? Like, it's simple as that. And they, they and they weirdos because they stay on their point in the, in, in the face of scientific uh, explanation 
of phenomenon. They will stay right there no matter what. They'll have spaceships and aliens. You know what I'm saying? All of that. The spooky, spooky, spooky. They'll do all of that, right? But when the best teachers we had, and they don't even talk about them teachers no more. So I'm going to make it, instead of me naming some of them raggedy-ass groups, right, I'm going to start naming them great teachers. That's what I'm going to start doing. Some niggas, I'm kicking them off the bus. They got to go, right, for infractions against scientific literacy. It's a bunch of nonsense that some people can mess up a whole movement based off of them not wanting to rock with science. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I'm saying they say one bad apple, yo, spoil the whole goddamn gonna burrow. Or apples all day long, dog. So look, man, you heard what that man said, man. Nature does not create race. Come on, man. This nigga's reading the work, man. They all up in the science. And who the hell do you think they was reading? Come on, man. Yeah, stop it, yo. All right, so I want to come to back to the uh my anthropology book. Um, appreciating human diversity. Four dollars. That joint four dollars, yo. Amazon, four dollars. Yeah. So uh, on page 341, it says, ultimately, race as an ideology about human differences was subsequently spread, uh, spread to others or other areas of the world. It became a strategy. I'm just backing up Dr. John Henry Clark. It became a strategy for dividing, ranking, and controlling colonized people used by colonial powers everywhere. But it was not limited to the colonial situation. In the latter part of the 19th century, it was employed by Europeans to rank one another to justify social, economic, and political inequities among their people. During World War II, the Nazis under Adolf Hitler enjoined uh, the expanded ideology of race and racial differences and took them to a logical end, the extermination of 11 million people of inferior races, Jews, gypsies, Africans, homosexuals, and so forth, and other unspeakable brutalities of the Holocaust. Race thus evolved as a worldview, a body of prejudgments that distorts our ideas about human differences and group behavior. Racial beliefs constitute myths about the diversity in human uh, species and about the abilities and behavior of people are homogenized into homogenized into racial categories. The myths, uh, the misused behavior and physical features together in the public mind, impeding our comprehension of both biological variations and cultural behavior, implying that both are genetically determined. Racial myths bear no relationship to the reality of human capabilities of behavior. So let me go back here. Yeah. And let me put this on the screen. Real quick, Sean. You said it was the so all right. So that's the foundation. So the foundation, right? We know for a fact that they taught this in Harvard and Yale. Uh read the book Ebony and Ivory. They taught that in Harvard and Yale. And see, I think the mindset, which I got to understand is uh, in, intelligent white people, uh, investors, people, I'm talking about white people in general. They, they you know, they, they, they want to have a sense of culture. They're, they're, they're cultured in their approach, so they say, right? And mm -hmm. they want to they wanna invest money into the slave trade. 
but they don't want to invest money into barbarism, right? They don't want to see it as barbaric. They, they need a scientific or a pseudo-scientific explanation uh, 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 for, for the reason why you can enslave these people. What's the reason? Because one, they're not human. Two, they're different races, and this is the lower race. And, and, and they're most closer to the animals. And so it gives the sophisticated rich white people uh, an avenue a sophisticated approach to actually investing in the goddamn slave trade. And it, when it's backed by science, it's backed by culture. It's backed by intelligence, y'all. So, you know, and they get this from the Greeks and the Romans and, and the Egyptians of being uh, intelligent and science endeavors. And, and this gives them the reason. It, it, it allows them to turn their head the other way. It allows them to see us as, as, as non-human. It allows them for their Christianity. That's why the Pope can say enslave anybody if they're not Christians. It's specifically these people, they're, they're barbarians. They're, they're not under the fold of Christ. And not only that, they're not humans. And so it allow, it gives people a, a religious reprieve and it gives them their elegant uh, scientific uh, 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 reprieve so we can surely, honey, we can, we can invest in this. And I'm telling you, yo, the, the science was the key component and making them feel good about their investments. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, okay, now let's let's go here. So, uh, let's go to contrast to points one through six, and we're gonna deal with just a couple of the, uh, just point one and two, and not like all six, because I want to get back to something. Uh, it says it is not obvious why National Geographic chose Morton as the father of scientific racism. Moore was predominantly working within conventional pre-evolutionary Ryan Lennon uh, systematics for details. You got to see. What, though? You said pre-what? Pre-evolutionary. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Where species with uh, un uniform formal designs were made by the creator. Members of species, except in the case of natural varieties such as sexes, deferred only due to direct e uh, effects of the uh, environment. This view dominated for much for the 17th century and the early part of the 18th century with few uh, dissenters. So why did National Geographic champion Morton as the father of scientific racism? In fact, Aristotle, Linnaeus, Buffin, Locke, Kant, uh, Goubignet, or Goubignu, uh, Mat uh, Malthus, and many others could have been equal or better choices. Add to this that Morton's work did not uh, matter much outside the U.S., his most productive period is essentially limited in 1839 to 1851, which is about 100 years after Buffin, uh, which was 1749-1789. And many more use the term race in a natural history perspective. Now, it appears the National Geographic wanted to construe a strong concept of scientific racism by choosing Morton as the father of racism. A convenient picking because he, he was already falsely accused of fabricating an opportune racial hierarchical brain size rank order. Now, Morton certainly did not hold the one correct definition of race. In fact, he did not explicitly define the term race in his major works. Rather, he defined species and he used the term race to mean lineage. Species being lineages were races, but not all races were species. In fact, Morton did not consider humans races to be separate species in his earlier works as discussed below. In this, he joined a long-standing debate where some authors saw race in a technical sense 
as designating constant varieties of a species and most polygenous use race in a more general sense to mean lineage, which could describe both species and constant varieties. Commentating in particular on the role of Morton's American school in debate, natural historian D. Quartifages writes, in Europe, all botanists, all zoologists, from Linnaeus to the Condole, uh, from Buffon to Corbiere, and Geoffrey St. Hilaire uh, have employed them to designate very different things. If some have this uh, designated race by the expression of hereditary variety, this difference in words does not in any way affect ideas. The distinction which exists all facts considered is always translated into language, yet it is distinction that the American school seems to forget entirely here. For he, there are no more races or varieties in nature. There are only species. So why does National Geographic take more in use of the term race when describing species lineages? To be the only true meaning of race lineage, one conclusion comes to mind. National Geographic promoted a straw concept while remaining ignorant of Morton's own changing position. But what is uh, National Geographic's view now on species? Does National Geographic also think of species as a social construct? We do not know. Well, they updated the article, so we do know because it says here when they went into the direction that uh, these twins show that race is a social construct. So now y'all seeing me tied off, tying it all in together. All right. So. Um, are species created or selected in Joshua Clark notes book uh, types of mankind we find Pritchard quoted for saying the meaning attached to species its natural history is very uh, definite and intelligible it includes only the following condition name the separate organ I mean origin and distinction of race uh, invents by a constant transmission of some characteristic peculiarity of organization this definition accords in the uh, accords in fact with the dominant rail in uh, systematics of the time. It is now clear that the points three, four, and six pertain to Morton and his colleagues concept of species, which is the conventional pre-evolutionary one. While species could be races, i.e. lineages, not all races were specifically distinct, that is species. So let's go back here and let me see if I can get back to my point, get back right here. Briefly with image, because I'd like to continue uh, from Reverend Craig's um, point and deal briefly with image, because image is the paramount factor in keeping racism alive. Now, exactly when did the Christian church become um, become white in as much as Christ is described in early literature as being swarthy and having hair like sheep's wool, and that's surely not a Caucasian's hair. Um, the uh, first image of the church, the first image of the Madonna was the black Madonnas, and these black Madonnas were very prevalent in the churches of Europe up until the 16th and the 17th century. There was no white Madonnas in the churches of Europe. And some of the churches of Europe to this very day have black Madonna. All right. At what point did Christianity become um, all white? And at what point did Christ become a blonde, blue-eyed uh, person that hangs in a, your churches and with a haircut and a uniform, he'd probably be a good Nazi. All right. 
Um, one thing the Jews seem to have forgotten is that the picture of Christ as in present day literature is an insult to them because uh, there's nothing particularly Jewish um, about him physically um, or otherwise. All right, now, another thing we're gonna have to look at seriously is that when the Europeans projected themselves out into the broader world, they not only colonized most of mankind, they colonized the teaching of history itself. And gradually, so many things black became, um, became white. I'd like to just say one little word about the when did Christianity become white. The process uh, by which Christianity became gradually to be interpreted as being white began at a very early point with uh, Apostle Paul, who wrote the uh, epistles of the New Testament, and who was, even at that time, with black Israel and black Jews, uh, an Uncle Tom Jew. Uh, he was an Uncle Tom black Jew, and he uh, wanted to identify with white Gentile world. He prided himself on being a Pharisee, but more on being uh, having Roman citizenship. So as soon as he had uh, sunstroke on the Damascus Road and said he's been converted, he started out to take uh, the, the Christianity, the teachings of Jesus to the Gentile world. Now, he could not take the revolutionary teachings that Jesus had actually taught because Jesus was a zealot and they, they were engaged in revolution. I mean, open revolution. He was one of the, the zealot uh, leaders at that time. So he couldn't take that to the Gentile world. So he had to, he had to make a, an image, a symbol out of Jesus on the cross, which was uh, compatible with the heathen symbolism of the Roman and uh, uh, Greco-Roman heathen world. So he made Jesus a kind of a, a heathen symbol that he could take to the Gentile world. And the whole writings of the Apostle Paul tend then to destroy the basic <clears throat> uh, African background of Christianity and to make it compatible with the uh, Greco-Roman heathen world. So it, it began there. But the actual identification of Christianity as being a white religion didn't really take place until the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries when the pictures were being painted uh, and, and paid for by the uh, Catholic Church. At that point, white people had decided to declare black people inferior. And so the whole concept of, of, of Jesus being black, or the Madonna being black, was unacceptable to white people at all. A whole new type of slavery was beginning to emerge. The old type of slavery in Egypt, Joseph was a slave who rose to be second only to Pharaoh, a whole different concept of slavery. You were a slave only in the terms that your labor was taken. But gradually the white man declared that anyone who was non-white, who was enslaved, was declared to be inferior, therefore had a whole different kind of existence. So the whole gradual thing was a part of the slavery process that Dr. Clark mentioned, a part of the, uh, the betrayal of the Apostle Paul, and a part of the, the fall of uh, Jerusalem and the fort, and when Jews were scattered all over the world. We have to remember one thing I think is very important, that the white Jews that we see today have no bloodline connection with, with the Jews of the biblical period. They were converted to Judaism in Europe and in, 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 uh, in Russia. They were converted and have no bloodline connection with the black Jews who make up the biblical Israel that the Bible writes about and of which Jesus was a part. Well, what happened to the black Jews? The black Jews are still in existence. They're black Jews in America. They're black Jews all over Africa. They're black Jews in Palestine. They're black Jews everywhere. Uh, Diane's daughter complained not, not more than two years ago that black Jews had moved on either side of her house and therefore her property had depreciated in Palestine. Black Jews had depreciated her property. Jews uh, had moved directly from Palestine to India and the, the community celebrated its uh, 1900th uh, uh, 
anniversary or something, and they had white Jews who had emigrated from Europe and black Jews who had originally come from Jerusalem at the fall of uh, uh, Jerusalem, had an un uninterrupted straight line of connection from the fall of Jerusalem to, to India. All over the world there are black Jews, but the, the Zionist Jews who had been converted to Judaism have taken over the, the, the control of the definition of what Judaism is, as white people do with anything. If they come into it, they take it over and define what it is, as, as you stated in your introductory statement. So we have to remember that white Jews, when you see them on the street, are not the Jews of the biblical period. And that sometimes confuses black people who ought to be black Christian nationalists. All right, so. Trash. Correct. <laughs> um, I did that on purpose. <laughs> hold on, hold on, wait, wait. No, no, I, I did that on purpose because the name of the show, the name of the show is race as a social construct, an attempt to overthrow blackology. And what did this preacher do? He blacked it up. He blackology. He blacked it up. Clark did too, though. Yeah, he like, did. He, he, he kind of slid. He slid back on everything he said. But that's why, I, I'm just saying, that's why, I mean, I'm glad you played that. Because cause I don't see it, nothing wrong with that. But that don't mean we keep saying that shit, though. You feel me? We just move forward. No, that's not what it is. We're going to stay consistent with it. Yeah. But I think if you listen to Clark real hard, he was, uh, his point was that they wasn't white people, and that's a fact, right? The Reverend thing was that they have no genetic, and that's not even the truth. Right. The Rev just went way too far. I know Clark was over there looking at him like, yo, you went far. He looked away. Yeah, he went far. Yo, went super far with that. Yeah, he went too far. He did too much. Clark ain't really. If you if you tone in on what Clark was saying, he was right though, because the people they wasn't they wasn't white people. Yep, they don't get the white mixed until they go up in Europe and mix. Then they get you know them mixed them genes like that. But before that point, they wasn't. They was like Asiatic brown skin. It was that. Yep. So Clark, he's straight, but the, the preacher, whew, yeah, he did too much though. Man, he said they were black everywhere. Yeah, he went. He went crazy. <laughs> he went black algae one hundred and one. <laughs> the Paul then then he then how is he a reverend? Then he messed up Paul. Paul then ain't you can't even interpret Paul like that. It's hell. Most of the books is attributed to Paul. You take Paul's works out, you ain't even got no New Testament. Think about <laughs> it. You got the Gospels. <laughs> That's just four books. Yeah, you take them out, yo. You man, you call him Uncle Tom. I call him Uncle Tom. Yeah, he kind of, which I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, he a wild rev, rev wild. He must be listening to Malachi York. Something like that. Hey, wild out. Hey, wild out. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to uh, I'm gonna bring it back to the anthropology book again. Um. And I'm going to give you a paragraph of the social construct of race. It says races are ethnic groups assumed by members of a particular culture to have a biological basis. But actually, race is socially constructed. The races we hear about every day are cultural or social rather than biological categories. Excuse me. Many Americans mistakenly assume that whites and blacks, for example, are biologically distinct and that these terms stand for discrete races. 
But these labels, like racial terms used in other societies, really designate culturally perceived rather than biologically based groups. So how is race culturally constructed in the United States? In American culture, one acquires his or her racial identity at birth as a scribed status, but race isn't based on biology or in a simple ancestry. Take the case of a child of a racially mixed marriage involving one black and one white parent. We know that 50% of the child's genes come from one parent and 50% the other. Still, American culture overlooks heredity and classifies this child as black. This rule is arbitrary. On the basis of genotype, genetic compensation, it would be just as logical to classify the child as white. American rules for assigning racial status can be even more arbitrary. In some states, anyone known to have a black ancestor, no matter how remote, is classified as a member of a black race. This is a rule of descent. It assigns social identity on the basis of ancestry, but a sort that is rare outside the contemporary United States. It is called hypodescent because it automatically places the child, the children of a union between members of different groups in minority group, hypo means lower. Hypodescent divides American society into groups that have been unequal in their access to wealth, power, and prestige. All right, so I'm gonna give it back to Dr. Clark. And let's see how he responds to the reverend regarding what was just said. So I think he's coming up. Educate people against their own interests. That is to educate black kids to hate themselves. To educate blacks uh, to feel alienated from their own. Look, let's deal with our own historical naivete. Until we deal with it, we're not going any place. Black people have no right to expect anything from this establishment because it wasn't set up for them. They wasn't brought to this country to be given democracy. It was brought to this country to do some work, to labor and to obey. And once the machines made a whole lot of these jobs obsolete, it tended to make a whole lot of the people obsolete. Now, we keep worrying about the American promise and the American dream, and we forget it wasn't made to us. And the white man has not betrayed anything because he didn't promise us anything in the, um, in, in the first place. Now, the role of institutions in a, domin in, in a society is to reflect the power that controls that society. So we have American institutions arrayed against us. And we naively expect these institutions to reform themselves because if they reform themselves, that's tantamount to presiding over their own demise. I'd like to say one thing on that. I think the question you asked is how, how do the schools accomplish this? I mean, you, you were concerned about the process. I think we got to understand that there's no such thing as objective truth, which is implicit in, in, in everything Dr. Clark says, that, that white people use the institutions to, to accomplish white purpose. The white purpose is to maintain a power position and keep everybody else in a subordinate, powerless kind of position. Now that's the institution's purpose, and that's what it—that's the way it functions and how it functions. And we got to realize then that that everything that the schools teach 
is designed to fit into that purpose. The schools teach not objective truth, but what the white man wants to project as truth. Now, that's from the from the very kindergarten, right straight on well, through. For example, what? By, uh, sociology. Sociology is not a science in the sense that it's dealing objectively with the way people live together. It's dealing with the white man's pattern of living together as the norm by which we judge how other people live. If you live like white people live, then you're living the way you are supposed to live. If not, you're either primitive or insane as a people. Psychologically, it's the same thing. Psychology does not deal with uh, any uh, objective kind of uh, discussion or development of how people live or analysis of how people function uh, as individuals. But how does the white man function? If the white man does it this way, then this is the norm by which we judge all other people. If the white man is violent, then actually all people have to be violent to be normal. If you're not violent, obviously there's something wrong with it. You should be in an insane asylum. The whole pattern that's set up as a norm for human behavior by psychologists, all the whole library full of it, psychiatrists, everybody that's dealing with it is dealing with it from a white point of view. So they have, they teach white children, black children and white children to look to white eyes. From the kindergarten on, the black child is beginning to look at the world and interpret it through white eyes. Everything he is, is wrong. Everything that exists in his community is wrong. And we ought to declare that white music really is no good, that white psychology is no good. The, black, the white man either acts like we do or he's insane. White sociology is no good. The very structure of white society indicates that white people obviously in social structure are either insane or they're abnormal. So we have to project then a black psychology, a black sociology, a black music, a black history that takes in the realities and that is essentially sound, as opposed to the myth mythology that the white man has developed out of his own uh, ignorance, for one thing, out of his non-creativity, because the white man has never created anything. He's stolen things, but never created anything. He cannot actually deal with history, because history is a recital of his total failure and his total absence of making any genuine contribution to if the world. If we define a black psychology, a black sociology, uh, where will we use these? Where would we use we <laughs> We'd use them first to unscramble our own mixed up minds. If we could understand that black psychology is, is, is the psychology that the black man has to have if he's going to escape from powerlessness in a white man's world. Now, the, the struggle... We need to look at what kind of societies that black people come out of. What happened before this interference? Now, we came out of basic pluralistic societies, but we came out of sharing societies where nobody was very rich and nobody at all was poor. Now, an African in these societies would no more kill a deer and say, this is mine, than he would fly, because he didn't think that way. He thought of all property as belonging to the total community. Now, we were brought into a society as slaves just at the time the concept of private property and capitalism was getting well underway with the backing of the church. Now, there is a clash between the values of the, the best values of the society we came out of in the society that enslaved us. And too many of us are tied up with these values, the sacredness of private property. What is so sacred about private property? What is so sacred about one man taking upon himself more than he could use in a lifetime while people walking by this mountain of wealth starving? Nothing particularly sacred about this. And these things did not exist in these old societies until these old societies began to have internal differences and the European came in and the African naively permitted him 
to arbitrate an African family dispute until we understand that up on site, the African invited the European for dinner. That's the first thing he did. The Indian invited the European for dinner. The Polynesians invited the European for dinner. Now, if you invite people for dinner, you first place, you've got plenty of dinner, and you have a society that is traditionally hospitable to strangers. The Indians invited Christopher Columbus for dinner, the first thing they did. All right, now let's look at what was happening inside of Christopher Columbus's mind, and we can go to his own diary for this. He said, I wonder why they are so friendly. They'll be easier to conquer than I thought they would be. I wonder why they're bringing such small amounts of gold. I wonder where the mines are. His intentions were not good. It wasn't good then. The intentions are not good now. And the black man is still hung up with this dinner invitation, this kindness, with the thought that if you treat a, create, treat a person humanely, that he will act humanely toward you. Black people have not seen white people at all. That is why they can't deal with them. I don't say one, but I think we have. All right. So, y'all heard it from Dr. Claude. He actually was dropping the better half of the conversation. I think the, uh, the Reverend was actually taking us down the land of blackology. He used the word black too much and white too much. Um, he didn't really deal with the premise of the question. Uh, and he didn't outline his arguments uh, in a way that actually would be substantial today. So the reason for that was to actually show, and, and, and just to bag John, uh, Dr. Clark up with what the science says when his initial arguments was laid down. But also to show that the the information has evolved over time, but on the very ground, on the very bottom floor, that foundation um, of race being a social construct has not changed. And I believe this video um, that that was aired was from 1971, and here it is, 2021, and we still have brothers and sisters who are confused about race and what it actually is. And until you deal with that, then you're going to give a you're going to give blackology an opportunity to continue to rule. And we need to we need to snipe it. Right. We don't have to blacken it up. We don't have to say everybody was this before that. We ain't, we ain't got to deal with with any of that. Naturally, we know that there were some mistakes that Dr. Clark made in the video as well. Uh, because not the Africans was just not as peaceful as people make them out to be. Now, when they did encounter strangers, um, they always greeted strangers uh, in history peacefully. Um, you know what I mean? Like you can go all the way back to the east, the northeast corridor, and you deal with ancient Kemet. That's what Hotep was about: reverence, uh, a gesture, uh, you know, of in good faith. Hotel, long journey, peace be upon you. Here's a glass of water, things like that. Are you hungry? We have some food, stuff like that. So uh, we do not need no more Dr. York and Phil Valentine. No, we don't. Nah, uh, we don't do that. But what we need to what we need to understand is that.
how race is being used. And then we we argue it based on the real premise and we deal with the premise only. So when we talk about history, we don't have to blacken it up. That ain't gonna get us nowhere. That's not gonna move the needle. That's not gonna make us better than the people that we're, we're arguing against. Uh-huh. So what we need to do is we need to critique the information and come to an honest conclusion based on the available data and the understanding of what we are being asked and can we answer it properly and be truthful in that response. That's, uh-huh. that's that on that with that. But um, let me say this real quick, Sean. Go ahead. <laughs> the weird thing about it, we don't even got to do the black algae thing because the truth is strange than fiction, yo. Like, who could really imagine that two Africans, right, uh, gave birth to babies in Africa. And as time went on from about 350,000 years and started to move in different environments within Africa would start to actually change skin color, right? Those same people would invent clothes and, and, and start to vary out of Africa. Because right at this point, there is no, there's no place called Africa, there's no borders. There's just different ecosystems that they're traversing in. And as they go into different ecosystems, uh, d- different zones, different types of weather patterns, right? They, they start to transform and mutate into their, into their environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, how weird is that? How strange is that? To actually think that Homo sapiens sapiens, okay, will we, we start to variate within Africa first, right? That's why we have so many diverse genes in Africa. It's a lot of different ecologies in Africa, you know, d- different types of uh, uh, sun exposures in Africa, different weather patterns. You can go to uh, Mount Mount Kilimanjaro and there's snow up there. Okay, not saying nobody lived on the damn mountain, but the point I want to make here is that that's that's incredible, right? Like, who would believe you? And by the time they get to North America walking, by the time they get stuck on the land bridge for about 20,000 years and start to and start to migrate down into they mutate on the land bridge right you get a founder event and they end up in north america and they mutate there like it's incredible right just the truth alone of evolution is so incredible that people don't even want to accept it that's way more that's way more weird and way more stranger than you just saying it was black people everywhere. Yeah. But they mutated and transformed. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like the the the, the real the, the real accuracy is stranger than fiction. Think about it. If people just stop for a minute and just think about it. And then think about your cousin the chimpanzee. Right? And, and think about the fish, Tetelec fish. Think about that. Think about 350 million years ago. You, you feel like, think about that. That's what, what do you mean? How does a fish have an arm? A fish sure does. You can look at the fins, same bones. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. So we don't want to actually, we don't want the truth. You know, black algae is enough. When hell, the the, the population anyway is 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 as they say African and non-African. And when they call you a non-African, there's there's clear there's they're, they're simply saying that the mutation that occurred occurred outside of Africa. But fundamentally speaking, we're all African. It's crazy. It just to, just to know that fundamentally speaking, we all African is wow. You don't even gotta make it up. You just tell the truth. How great was these Africans? <laughs> so I just wanna just throw it in there because the lie is ridiculous. You're gonna get beat down on it. But the whole world has accepted that the that the that the, <laughs> that the foundation of humanity is in Africa. Like, and this is what this is what John Henry Clark and them was fighting against. They was fighting for that. And now we turn on no, and that's why Shamaz and all them, they're a bunch of quacks, man. Because these great diabs, they'll say diabs, right? Whenever we say something, they 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 call themselves stand up for diabs, right? They won't mention Dr. Ben. They'll say read his book, maybe. John Jackson, they never murmur his name. Lord knows they ain't gonna never tell you about Hubert Harris. Okay, they go against the very foundation of what it means to be African and then get mad at us when we put them back on track. And then you got they little crony teachers, quote unquote teachers that's supposed to be coming up, right? Jabari, yeah, I don't like the hot names, that will play this little strange game. We call it Egyptian mania. You know what I'm saying? So. It's listen, man. We gonna always be over there, bro. We, we ain't gonna never. They ain't gonna never let us hang out at the picnic, yo. We literally gotta kick the damn door down. Take some burgers. Take some fish. Take some potato salad. Rough their ass up and leave, cause we won't get the invitation. It's simple as that. Like we, for some reason, it's not. It's not fashionable to be like John Henry Clark anymore. It's not fashionable to be like Dr. Ben. John, not, the, not those non-believers. Man, they, man, them, them dudes believe in something higher than that, man. They believe in African people. So the black algae is, is ridiculous. Man, just being African-centered, just understanding where you come from is enough to push you forward if you study, truly study. Just knowing the truth. Like, they literally take away the great African empires by making them float on air. Like, how do you think an empire is created? Like, hey, man, look, bro, why don't you just be in this empire? Hey, not a problem, man. We're going to change all that. Not a problem. You think it worked like that? No, nah, man, we, we forged great empires. And with great empires comes death. So, yeah. Go ahead. I just want to throw that in there. Nah, man. Nah, that's, that's all I pretty much uh got. You know what I mean? Ain't no. It was uh, tight. Ain't nothing like to, to add to that. Um, that's, that's pretty much the reason why. I mean, we see the we we see the destruction it causes when we try to make everything black. Um, and you know, and people 
people seem to get offended by it because they like, well, y'all always attacking or trying to correct everybody else in the community, like y'all the authority on the subject or, or whatnot. Nah, we just trying to make sure that our people are solid on the subject. Whoa. You know what? I don't want I, You know what? We always trying to correct people. No. The correction is in the teaching, meaning we're just teaching the right thing. <laughs> like, we're not trying to correct nobody. We're just teaching the right thing. You just see it as a correction. So if I'm teaching, right, watch this. If I'm teaching and it happened to be Black History Month, so you tell me we really got time to allow the Nation of Islam to continue to give out pamphlets for all, they get a reprieve during the month of February as people open up their fucking doors and see pamphlets falling out the motherfuckers. So you mean to tell me it's okay? Because it's Black History Month allowed them to give out them pamphlets for 28 straight days. Allow them to get somebody grandmother sick, grandfather sick, teenagers sick, for 28 days. And that makes sense? Nobody was trying to correct the nation of Islam. We were simply teaching the proper information on what the virus is and what a vaccine is. Ain't nobody trying to correct them fools. We're simply teaching correct information and correct information will correct you automatically. We're not the motherfucking cor correction because we're not the goddamn experts. The experts are correcting them. Not us. The methodology corrects them. Not us. So, what the hell do they be haters, bro? Like, you want to be better, but you can't be better because you're not comfortable at what you do. Because if you was comfortable with what you do, you wouldn't mind me teaching about science, teaching about methodology. Y'all wouldn't be mad at us. I'm comfortable in my skin. So when you bring up a black doctor in the middle of a Charles Darwin conversation, I shut the fuck up and listen and say, man, hmm, I learned something. Because I'm comfortable with what I'm teaching. I'm comfortable with saying that white boy did that, and that white boy did that, and that Chinese person did that, and those black people did that, and that Russian did this, and that white guy is a racist, and that black guy is a fool. I'm comfortable with saying that. I've just, it's just amazing, bro. Like, it's amazing, man. I, and I, and we try so hard, bro, just to be cordial. And y'all try so hard, you know what I'm saying, to follow my lead on being cordial with shit. I'm done with the cordial shit. Don't talk me to death. Like, really? Nah, man. Like, it's too hard, man. Like, like, I know, I know when it's just too hard. It's just too hard. It takes away from the spirit of what we're doing. It, 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 you know, like people get so invested in listening to us 
right, at times, that when we start banging like that, it, 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 they don't know, they don't realize, oh, it's TV. Don't worry about the individuals. Write down the information. Think, think for yourself. It's, it's not even hard. If, wait, Sean, can I ask you a question, bro? Mm hmm. Is, what's my man, yo? The white boy, the cult leader. Is Jim Jones a cult leader? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did, did Jim Jones teach in the mosque? <laughs> nah, he ain't teaching the mosque. You're lying. <laughs> Dude, I got to put the picture on the screen, Shay. You're talking the mosque, man. Go on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Scientology... A cult. Yes. Is L. Rod Hummus books sold in the mosque? Yeah, they are. Hmm. Has the nation of Islam been anti-vax from day one? Uh I can't say yes. Yeah. Yep. From day one. So has Martin Luther King taught in the mosque? I don't recall him being in the mosque. No, he only met Malcolm one time. When in the mosque. Did the Nation of Islam say they were separatists? Yes. Did the Nation of Islam agree with the civil rights movement? No. So... Am I losing my mind or are you losing your mind when somebody tries to defend them as being a pivotal role in the civil rights movement? How much sense does that make? You don't make none. See? I didn't need to break out a book. <laughs> I didn't need to break out a source on that. It's simple mathematics. During the AIDS epidemic, who got funding from the federal government, Sean? The NOI. Did they sell anti-scientific medicine to the community? Unproven medicine to the community. Yeah, they they sold unproven medicine to the community. Did they placebo pills? Did they sell them at a higher at I mean did they put did they make a more the shit was cheap and they sold it higher? Did they yeah, not? They marked it up. They marked it up. Is the nation of Islam doctrine African centered? No. Black centered. No. It's in Asia somewhere. Is not having curly hair and dark skin and big lips a curse to the nation of Islam? It is. The, is the doctrine in the nation of Islam, does it say stab the black babies in the head with a needle? Yeah, something that's of it. Feed them to the beasts, wild beasts. Mm-hmm. And burn them up. Hmm. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out, is there just one charismatic leader 
that makes decisions in the nation of Islam from its inception. Always been that way. Hmm. The, so absolute power absolutely corrupts. Is this not the ruling human behavior? Uh -huh. hmm. So from day one coming out the gate, based off of the crazy spaceship story of Yakub and the nature, was so they from day one they was a call. Or, or or maybe I'm you know I could I could be wrong, dog. Maybe this came on later on. But from day one, was that a call? It was a call from day one. Okay. I rest my case. It didn't stop being a call. So when a cult has a hundred members and they start a business and they need 10 employees, who's the cult going to go to first, Sean, to work the business? The cult. Was there any people options for the nation to get people from in America? Was white people going to join the nation of Islam, bro? No. How about Jewish people? No. How about a real Muslim? No. So only black people was available to join. Am I correct? Yeah, only black people. Okay. So just because black people is joining your cult with anti-African doctrine, then does that mean that you're helping black people or are you helping them into your goddamn cult? Nah, you helping recruit. Now, there may be some benefits because we don't want to just be, we don't want to, you know, there may be some benefits. So you was getting high on Monday and 30 days later, you're not getting high and you think, well, the power allows Muhammad to help you. So now you're working in the cult, but you're in the, and it helps you not doing drugs, but now you're in the cult and now you will spend the next 30, 40, 50 years with rhetoric and being anti-scientific and look, man, so I, I just don't understand. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me, bro. I ain't gonna blame y'all. I'm saying it's just probably me. Man, I just dare to be great, yo. And I dare to be around people that are great. I like being around people that are great. I like being around people that can think. I appreciate people that will try to bite my head off if I'm wrong. Not bite my head off if you don't understand why I'm right. That's ridiculous to me. It was a good show, though, Sean. I just wanted to put that in there because I, I just was thinking, like, man, like, like, people still trying to tell me what they did. I'm like, how can't you, like, I just don't get it, yo. I, I don't get it. Malachi York. Why would I big up Malachi York ever? Everything about the new Wapian thing wasn't negative. Like, that's given. Like, I'm not saying it was a murder cult where they made everybody drink the Kool-Aid. That ain't said. Like, that's, I'm just saying, yo, the gang was so nice with it that it allowed it to function amongst us, yo, seamlessly. Now we just sharp now. We just sharp now. Don't like, we don't even care. Like, the fact that y'all still trying to fight the same way y'all was fighting in the 60s showed you was a cult. Like, you never grew. The fact that we in a health crisis right now, you know what I'm saying? Black people dying more readily 
by the hands of Corona Robinson and getting more sick more often. And the fact that y'all can't change y'all stance on it, yo. Like, we like, dude, we don't need groups like that around us. That's not a positive influence on a community. Like, like you not, like you've lost your status. Like, maybe that shit was dope in the 60s, right? But even that, if you put them up against their contemporaries, Sean, put them up against the Nation of Islam, put them on my fault, put them up against Martin Luther King and the Black Church, right? And the Black Church, hold on, wait, wait, was the Nation of Islam involved in politics, Sean? I don't know. That's why Malcolm got put out. Like he was speaking on politics. You're like, yo, we're not in politics. You remember that, right? Mm -hmm. They don't mess with politics, bro. So are we affected the most by politics, Sean? Yes. So black, black people most affected by politics and your brothers, Martin Luther King and them, was trying to get laws passed. And he was like, we don't want that. We want to be somewhere over there in a corner somewhere. They didn't support the politics. They didn't support them. They were separatists. What's the, you know what? All right, I, I mean, you know, I'm gonna sleep on it. How about that? Maybe I'll come up with a different answer tomorrow, yo. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna sleep on it, dog. Yeah, I got, I got some, I got some serious thinking to do, bro. Yeah, circle gotta get smaller, yo. It's just that simple, dog. It's gotta get smaller, bro. Like, like we, we, like, like it's just gotta be exclusive. It is what it is. Like, you just got. African Americans that don't care about being scientifically literate, don't care about the truth about Africa, don't care about the great social systems that they had, don't care about their trials and their tribulations. They want to float and fly through the air and act like it ain't what it really is. They want to act like Africans skipped the human experience. It's it's the fact that they went through the human experience, Sean. And Sue Tech, that makes it great. That's what makes us so great, yo. It's the fact that we endured through the human experience and was able to function and put together rules and regulations and develop great empires. Because once you develop an empire, you know what I'm saying? What what once you develop a nation, that means that the tribes ain't warring like that no more. Like you start to catch some peace and some learning starts to happen and greatness start to show. It's the human experience, man, is what we look for. It's the truth in that human experience. And once you understand the truth of the human experience, then you can move forward and endure and understand where you're at. So if certain things happen to you before in the past, they will not happen to you again, as long as you respect the human experience, bro. Hmm. Crazy, yo. Appreciate the show, yo. I just had it on my chest, yo. And I hope I kept it within context. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, on that note, man, we're going to rise up out of here, everybody. Uh, don't forget to like the show, share the show, uh, get it out to the people as many as possible. And support Kofi Price, our research team, the Masiyama Rock Squad, Dagger Squad, Voices Fire, Pseudo Killers, uh, Magi Archers, uh, Manduan Dweller, you know, Astar Star, 
um, with independent Dr. Maaz projects. Um, you know, go to KofiPiesiTV.com, get your products, services, get all the squad stuff. Also, uh, Killmonger's Corner. Um, I'm in my outrage. Uh, I think he's on his fifth book, um, Illuminations of uh, Illuminations of Rock. Get that whole series, Michael Hope's uh, written work. Uh, let me get out the uh, Orion and the Light by Michael Hope. Um, yeah, we're just producing and producing and producing. Uh, look forward to some new content from us as well. Appreciate everybody banging it out on that note. Log in to KofiPaisaTV.com and get Spears of the Mossy Volume 1 by Kofi Paisa Research Team from Spears the Pen Volume 2 by Kofi Paisa Research Team, Spiritual Combat Volume 3 by Kofi Paisa Research Team, One Night Before Bed by Any Haret Shun Kalfani, Kalawash Trip to the Motherland by Kofi Paisa. From Cocaine to Consciousness by Any Haret Sean Cal Funny. As I Learn, We All Learn by Kofi Paisai. Also, if you want fresh merch, go to our online store, Family Connect Apparel, and get all the brands. Also, get our 54 deck of quiz and educational cards. Available now on KofiPaisaiTV.com.